0: Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Epic Fantasy Romance. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. <sighs> Delightful. Today is Tuesday, October 11th. Delightful, crisp October mornings here in Santa Fe. You can see the uh, grape leaves turning behind me if you are on video. so um I have lots of things going on all of a sudden (laughs) probably not all of a sudden but for those of you reading Sorceress Moons on audiobook on Scribd uh oriah's enchantment is out today so I will put a link to that in the show notes try to get the links up on the website so um so yeah that's exciting. Uh I shared in my private Facebook group Jeffy's closet the cover for the standalone of familiar winter magic. It's not quite out yet but we sent it off for formatting. I did spend a little bit of time getting that ready yesterday. It's kind of funny because I needed to send assistant Kareen the final document which I mean in general organization is one of my superpowers uh you know like do you all have ever have to do those things like those strategy session icebreaker things whatever like when they ask what your superpower is um I I always go with the sarcastic superpower once I was doing a strategy session when I was um it was for the CIFWA board and uh every once in a while I encounter a person who is like completely not amused by me that needs to be like in all caps. Um, and it's almost always women who are like trying to lead a group doing a thing and do not find me funny also in all caps. How can anyone not find me funny You people? I can't imagine. Anyway, um, I had said on there that when we went around asking for you know like what people's superpowers were uh, which I think find ever so slightly dorky. I understand why people do it and yet and I said that my superpower is that I can open any bottle of wine which you know it's funny there are people who do not like jokes about alcohol. I don't know maybe it's insensitive of me maybe I should give a content warning but that is my favorite um non serious reply to the what is your superpower because it is literally true. Um I have gotten a wine bottles open with a pair of car keys once I was at a gathering where there was a wine bottle where the cork had like weirdly melted into the the neck of the bottle and I was able to get that open so yeah uh, I feel like it's a real superpower. It's partly a matter of diligence and desire but you know aren't all superpowers anyway if pressed I will list other superpowers one of them is organization and in general I do pretty well but when I do the this this is a thing that happens with me with writing because when I begin a project as longtime listeners know I have various ways of referring to it right? Um, because I don't have a good working title for it yet. And then when I get a working title sometimes it changes as I go and then. I don't always go through and change all of the relevant folder names in my storage system my file system on the computer to reflect those changes. So I sometimes have things in several places based on the iterations of how I've referred to a project. Uh, This happened to me when we did um, forgotten empires Um, the orchid throne was originally called the slave king and the flower queen and which I think is still a good title but Sarah didn't like it agent Sarah. She didn't like having slave in the going out on submission. So we changed it. Um, I do not remember what we went out on submission with it and then once Saint Martin bought it we changed the title yet again and when it came around by the time you know like we negotiated the transfer the sale the transfer the contract the sale all of those things and my book wasn't due for a really long time and I finished something else first. By the time it came for me to work on that book I couldn't find the manuscript because I couldn't remember what we'd freaking called it. (laughs) I couldn't find the file folder and it's complicated by the fact that I have file folders in my email and then also in file explorer so it took it, it took me a legit long time to find that freaking book again because I had lost all of the names. So same thing happens with anthologies when I begin a story for an anthology I refer to it by you know like some working title and I file it under the anthology folder. And then later when I get ready to move it to be a standalone I do need to move it to that actual series folder but I don't always do this in a complete way. So maybe maybe my superpower is not organization. Um, or maybe it's a lack of diligence and desire. So anyway trying to find the final word version of familiar winter magic for Karina I to look in a bunch of different places and I found you know I like sort by date so I can find the most recent version because I don't always name perfectly depending on version. Sometimes like the final is called v3 or something like that sometimes it's called final I think we're going to have to face that maybe organization at least as so far as file nomenclature is concerned is not my superpower so I (laughs) I finally found it but then I found these ones that were like notes from someone and I like did not remember that I had had somebody read and it turns out I had several somebody's read for familiar winter magic who had not read bonds of magic so far I'd asked in the closet and and I had copy edits from somebody who had like gone beyond the simple beta read so it was just funny because I didn't remember that at all and granted it was a year ago but I do think it's funny when I don't remember things at all and I was asking Corrine about it and she said well you know I think you could be forgiven for getting (laughs) certain things like that but so anyway I got that together I got the front matter done I got that to Corrine for formatting so we could get that up. Um I also received the audiobook of Shadow Wizard yesterday mysteriously missing chapter 15 however so I have to um get that from my audiobook narrator and I'm waiting on the audiobook cover and then that'll get uploaded and then it takes a while to like process through on ACX it'll be available on Audible first because I get better royalties for that you know I get the forty percent for the four first three months if I do exclusive so sorry those of you who listen on Scribd or other platforms. So I did that all that stuff yesterday that felt like a productive day I moved the novella forward some um, not as much as I wanted to but so it goes. Uh, and then I wanted to talk to you all about something that I saw yesterday about writing series. So and I I am gonna file off the serial numbers here but I saw this um, okay so a gal who's written a couple of fantasy series put up a post about how she was um, going back to getting a full time job because it turned out she could not make a living um, as a traditionally published author which we have heard this story before and and it, it does suck. Um, however <laughs> I I just feel like I don't want to be unkind but it, every time I read one of these woe is me I thought I was going to be rich I thought I was going to be JK Rowling and it turns out traditional publishing doesn't sell well or does it pay well? It's I I kind of wonder you know like where have people been? Is that unkind of me? It's I understand having the dream but I don't know I always understood I was not going to make mountains of money traditionally publishing or even self-publishing and for all of us you know a living wage is a different thing. Uh, This gal said she wasn't even making minimum wage. However, her husband also had a salary so you know she wasn't worried about being out on the streets but I saw this because one of my other author friends who is traditionally published um exclusively and does pretty well uh, tweeted about it and said that that there's a well-known phenomenon paraphrasing of the series death spiral where the second book doesn't sell as well as the first and the third not as well and that it tanks your numbers so far as traditional publishing is concerned and then they don't but they still want you to write a series. so so I have a lot of thinks about this and a lot of feels about this. Um, what my friend had said was that traditional publishing wants authors to write series because the subsequent books sell the first book and they continue to make money on the first book. The thing is is that from a self publishing perspective you learn that writing a series is is a very lucrative way to go about it. It's it's not mountains of money and yes you do lose sales from second book to first book but this is a. (coughs) it's not a it's not a strange phenomenon a lot of people will read the first book and give it a try and then decide that for whatever reason you are not their particular catnip and they're they won't continue with the series. It doesn't have anything to do with the nature of series themselves and I think that and this is a postulate it would be interesting to to see some actual data but. I think that many authors if they wrote standalone after standalone after standalone would find that they were getting drop off between those books also because people are going to try a book and decide that you are not their cup of tea and there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how art and entertainment works. So so there's that it's like is it a series death spiral I don't know. Um, the thing is (laughs) I feel like I've read so many of these screeds from new authors saying how they had their debut book and they got this massive advance um, you know like a six figure deal or something and it was so great and they were so happy and you know that's that's fabulous but then they don't seem to process that it can go away that this doesn't mean that and and this is what they write about they're like oh and then it turns out they didn't give me as big of an advance the next time and Mm -hmm. or they didn't offer me any advance at all and it's like well welcome to the world of publishing I'm I don't mean to be callous but it is how the business works and they give you big money the first time when you're a debut because they think that maybe you'll you know they want to snag that debut magic and maybe you'll be fabulous and it's a crapshoot nobody knows which books are going to take off. I mean that's that's the the bottom line and you know the self publishers talk about it. Why does this series sell better than this other series and ultimately you don't know because it has to do with reader catnip. How are you connecting who loves your story and you know that um, people right and people authors want to be able to control it publishers want to be able to control it and you just can't it's just I'm sorry. (laughs) So the other thing I see happening though is that is that there is a reluctance sometimes among traditionally published authors in particular to cater to commercialism shall we say to cater to the marketing mindset. Possibly because a lot of them come out of workshops where there is a lot of attention paid to art and literature and writing something that's important and it's gauche to think in terms of sales and money and I know that this is true because I have had some of these authors sneer at me for talking in terms of the market and writing to market. Um, you know it's something well kind of bourgeois for want of a better word you know it's sort of like harkens back to the idea of like publishing as being something that like the nobility do and you know you live off of your trust fund and you write art. Um. And going into trade, you know, if we want to stick with the Austin esque theme, going into trade is, well, lowering, right? So I've been referring to my friend who had been listening to the Bright Familiar audiobook and kind of analyzing how I write and trying to learn from my story structure, which has been interesting to follow along. Um, with his thoughts on that and then he finished yesterday and said that um I do a really good job of making the reader want to buy the next book and I was (laughs) I said thank you and and he said it was really compelling at the end and all of this and (laughs) I I appreciated the compliment um, but I also feel like this is something that if you want to make a living as a writer if you are in trade, you really want someone who finishes that book to buy the next book, right? And this is something that I will absolutely agree traditional publishing is terrible about. Sometimes they don't want to number the books in a series. Um, they don't do very simple things like have the pre order link at the end of the first book if the next book isn't out. Whereas as a self publisher, that is one of my priorities is to have that at the end of bright familiar the gray magic pre-order link is there. And and Corrine my assistant tries to talk me out of it from time to time because she thinks it puts too much pressure on me to deliver, but I want those sweet sweet pre-orders because you want to capture that moment, right? Where when the reader finishes the book and I do this as a reader too that if I have too much space after I've finished a book, I'll think, eh, do I wanna keep going with that series or do I wanna start something new? But if that pre order link is right there, I will click because I'm still in the happy haze of having finished that book and I want more. You know, readers talk about the book hangover, right? we've all experienced that when you finish a book and you don't want it to be over you want to live in that world still and you have this hangover and it's like what am I going to read now because I can't read this or maybe you go back and you read that again. Um, that's that emotion behind the clicking that pre-order link. It's like yes I want more. Give me more of this thing and the fact that there are authors who don't. Want to take advantage of that because it is too commercial, too bourgeois. I wonder how transcripts going to handle that. I'll have to do a search in my place. Is I, I understand if you don't want to have to think about those things, if you want to just write what you want to write and be free of these considerations, but then don't bemoan the fact that you know like that your series sell through isn't good and and I can look at some of these authors who complain about their series sell through being bad and I feel like they make bad choices um, with writing series that maybe are artistic choices but are not great marketing choices. So I I hate to come down on anybody because it's a hard business and you you do the best you can but for all that some not all traditionally published authors sneer at the bourgeois of the publishing world you know there are things to be learned and so maybe I'll make a note if let me know if you're more interested in hearing about this. Um, but I I want to talk about how do you. What do you do to make series sell through good and I can tell you all that in general it it depends on the series. Um, that you know uh, my my worst series sell through is a 50% drop off from book one to book two which is pretty standard my best selling series. It's 80% 80% of the people reading book one and deciding to go on to book two that makes me happy and from there if. People read book two, um, then it, an, a roughly equivalent number will continue to read through the entire series. Once they're in, they're in. It's a guaranteed audience. Um, and besides the fact that, and I understand if somebody doesn't like writing series, but I love writing series. And so I love having um, that there are readers who want to be in for that long game, you know, that maybe that the bonds of magic world um, is going to be a nine book cycle and that there are those of you who are here for it and I love that anyway I'm going to go get to work on this novella. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful Tuesday and I will talk to you all on Thursday you all take care.